Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oratori Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who has often pretended to have polio to be able to skip school and play with model airplanes. <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and man, I kept that going for like a year and a half. Before we get into the movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lostincriterion. Over there for just a dollar a month, you can help keep us going and get access to some bonus content. We do a non-criterion film over there, and supporters get to vote on what we'll watch. I put together a list of uh, four movies, and the f- there's always a fifth choice, an, an outlet, in case the list I made is incredibly bad and no one wants to watch any of them. They can the punish us party. and make us watch. No. Yes. <laughs> I can go for the Green Party, which is, of course, uh, Kazan. Yeah, Kazan. The, the Green Party. It's all, it's all, the me- yeah. Don't don't question the metaphor. It works perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Kazam is always stealing votes from the Democrats, according to the Democrats. <laughs> according and, to the Democrats uh, themselves, and their and yeah. their their shills um, on the internet. Yeah, yeah. It's one hundred percent true. Um, anyway, ah, uh, uh, man. We have a lot of fun over there. We watch a lot of uh, weird stuff, uh, sometimes even weirder than what the Criterion Collection actually shows us. Unbelievable, uh, but true. But uh, Actually, yeah. honestly speaking, we've said this before, but there is legitimately more sincere coherence to the Patreon than there is oh, to yeah, the actual yeah. Criterion Collection. Yeah. It, it ma- the Criterion Collection it actually whole, does offer us. Sense. Yeah. Criterion Collection offers us more outsider stuff that we would not think to cover if we were choosing our own list, which is why we chose the Criterion Collection right. as the basis for this podcast to begin with, to force us to watch that and the fact outsider that stuff that, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't know it was infinite when we started, no. but it's become <laughs> it's become very clear that that at, at least as uh, far as our own lifetimes go, it it is indistinguishable from infinite. Right. So, but we're gonna keep going. We're gonna steadily march. It's going to be I'm us or the Criterion Collection. Me and the Criterion Collection going to the grave together. <laughs> yes, yes. Bury me. <laughs> Bury with me in my Criterion, criterion Channel subscription. Um, <laughs> it's like the uh, idea that like, like my uh, collection of physical media is just not that big, actually. So like it's like <laughs> right, the Beastie right. Boys DVD and like uh, like, yeah. uh, like four or five other DVDs, and that's it. I don't need you to build a pyramid for me to be buried with all of my earthly possessions. Uh my physical media will fit in the casket with me. <laughs> right. Uh, and then just burn me. That's fine. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's a non-criterion film over there. And just $1 a month gets you access to the new episodes, gets you let, let you vote on them, and gets you access to all of the uh, whole back catalog of those. There's about 60 over there right now because we've been doing and that for growing. a while. Uh, 60 and growing. And growing, of course. Growing every month, every month the new one, except for December when we do the holiday special that goes out. I mean, to everybody. you could listen to that one, like kind of. You could pull a Doctor Who and just like watch, listen to that one at the appropriate time in the sort of canon, despite the fact that it's yeah. not part yeah, of the, the regular season. Anyway, a little above that one dollar mark, uh, we like to thank folks who can give us five dollars and help keep us going a little bit longer. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, that five dollar like mark gas, is really important tank, for. Like, yeah. Well, it's, so it's really important for, like, me right. because 
because the more money we have in com- coming in uh, with the American healthcare system, that directly translates to the longer right, I can continue right, right. doing yeah, this. That, that, that doesn't so, make sense, right? Yeah. Like, I forgot that we're paying yeah. all of your medical bills using laws <laughs> <laughs> criteria money at this point. That's right. Right. No, I, I, I wish one, one. I wish we were bringing enough that you could actually on the pay, Patreon pay any bill? of my bills, let alone. Yeah, um, I would love we, of anyway. us to get to the point where we can just pay off your student debt or whatever. That would be amazing. Well, listen, Biden's not going to do it. So that five dollar mark, we are very grateful to everybody who supports us there, and uh, we like to thank them on air. Thank you so much to Andrew Jarrett, to Eric Coronado, to Chris Otto, and Stephen Goldmeyer. Thank you. A little above that, we do something pretty dang special. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. And once a month, I get that printed up on a postcard, write a little personalized thank you note, and send it off to our $10 and above supporters. I'd also like to thank those folks on air. Thank you so much to Patrick Yako, Nina Bajanak, Adam Speakerman, Jason Westaver, and Tracy McGrath yes. for your thank you $10 and above support. Thank you for justifying unnecessary purchases. I, oh, it's yes. my solemn promise to you that at least probably the next 10 cards will involve an unnecessary <laughs> CRT monitor and, and be playing with my new toys. If you want to see those postcards before committing to that $10 mark, uh, you can head over to redbubble.com. Previous postcards are up on the Redbubble. You can search for Lost in Criterion at redbubble.com and we should pop up there. Uh, yeah, you can buy them as postcards, you can buy them as greeting cards, you can buy some of them as stickers or, or magnets, you can buy some of them as pins put on your backpack head off to school with them you can be Uh, me circa the year 2003 absolutely that's why i got them yeah so you can line it line an entire messenger bag uh the entire flap with with, just pins yeah it's beautiful it's good art and we absolutely um (laughs) thank you to everybody who has supported us on patreon who's bought anything from the Redbubble store, and uh, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you so much. Pat, we are returning once more to the Michelangelo Antonioni well. Previously, we watched and La much Ventura. like the wells way, in way his movie, many years. it's poisoned. <laughs> it's poisoned. <laughs> but we should like it. Um, no. Right, it's progress. <laughs> we should learn to adapt. We should learn to adapt because it's progress. She came with the neurosis, oh, I swear. I didn't give it to her. It was like that when I opened it. Years and years ago, we watched La Ventura, and it was not a movie for Pat and I. No, sorry, uh, no, it was not. And I still and think I will about say I did, I did not get La Ventura. Uh, I, you know, if you've listened to us for for long enough, you know that one thing Pat and I do not connect with uh, is movies about middle class on we. <laughs> Right. Uh, and La Ventura is sort of the pinnacle of that in my mind. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, with with just a with just that yeah. like that extra dash of of just fun misogyny just mixed in. It's just, it's yes, mm. yes. yeah. Um, our next one a few years after that was Le Clis, which has still been a few like, years. Literally, since we cannot that. remember that one at all. He was describing yeah. it in the interview here, and I was like, "What are you talking about? I don't know what yeah. movie you're talking about. I've seen it. Don't remember it." I remember a little bit of the case because a lot of the scenes take place in like the the Italian stock exchange, which is. So you're telling me that, and I don't the, remember this at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't super worthwhile. I connected a little more with the police than you did, right? Uh, certainly, yes. and 
and definitely connected with it more than I connected with Love. Well, sure. see, that's the thing, right? But, Is that uh, like if I'm if depending on what metric I use for like what makes a good movie. I guess in that sense, yeah. La Ventura is a better movie for me because at least I remember what it looked like. That you remember it, yeah. yeah. Like I don't, I did not forget that movie. Lecleese, I don't have any memory of this movie at all. Well, Lecleese also uh, starred Monica Vitti, right. who returns to star here. Um, but you know, it was it was a few years before this one uh, came out in '62, so uh, yeah. You, you don't. I don't expect you to like recognize her from. Lecleese, I, I did I actually recognize her. Like yeah. I was like, I know that yeah. that she's in La Ventura yeah, she, too. That's why I but, recognize her because I she's yeah. her face is very yeah. memorable in La Ventura. But like again, right, right. Yeah. I mean, see, I I can complain. Like you know, La Ventura might be is a weird one in the sense that like in some ways I can see the artistic merit in going back to it. Like I don't. I did not like the movie. I will not. I will still not like the movie. I guarantee you that. But like I will offer that like Antonio does starking startling and stark visuals that are like memorable. Yes. Um and I yes. do remember the visuals of La Ventura extremely well. Yes. Yeah, and I you know Leclis Leclis sort of ends with like a seven minute just pan across the neighborhood basically okay. <laughs> um, that I remember. Uh but yeah, there's not a lot of Lecleese that I, I remember explicitly either. Visuals from like inside the stock exchange, but but yeah. He's striking. But La Ventura, I think you're right to say, is the more visually striking of of the Antonioni we've seen so far, which is right. only those two films. Uh, and now this one. Uh our third Antonioni, Red Desert from nineteen sixty four. Uh again, as I said, starring Monica Vitti. I mean, this one is visually striking as well. I think it's muddier visually than than something yeah. like La Ventura, but well, it's his first color film, right? And I think that uh, shows. and he's playing with it's playing with color in some interesting ways in that he's physically desaturated the background in many of the scenes. So we're shot against gray backdrops, but also he's physically painting them gray at times, right? Like the fruit cart we see explicitly, right. and we hear a story in one of the bonus features that uh, of a scene that was cut. In which they physically painted a pine barren uh, gray. Like uh, it, it's good to know though that um, Antonioni's view for the beauty of the natural world extends beyond just the bounds of the movie, but also to his own practice in life of like oh, I'm going to yeah, paint this entire yeah. forest fucking gray. I am uh, a monster. What kind of paint do you think they used to oh, paint a I tree gray in nineteen sixty four Italy? Dude. Like all those trees. <laughs> all of those died. trees die immediately. <laughs> oh man. They didn't even make uh, paint that yeah. wouldn't kill trees in nineteen sixty seven or eight or whatever. <laughs> like it just didn't exist. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a film that going in, if I had no other experience with Antonioni, there is a chance that if I wasn't approaching this movie from an already slightly antagonistic position. Right. Uh, you know, so much of this movie can be very easily read as Giuliani, Juliana is going through this neurosis because she feels alienated from the world and is depressed by the polluted world she finds herself living in. Right. But there's a little bit in the film 
And then everything we've read from Antonioni and heard from Antonio outside of the film, about the film. Uh, Antonioni wants us to know Juliana is wrong for feeling that way. Right. Well, it, it's, that this it's, isn't, it's more this fun isn't, than that, though. Yeah. Because, and I say fun in the way that, like, you know, uh, yeah. root canals can be right, fun. Right, right. Um, he wants you to understand that uh, Giuliani, it, Juliana is both wrong, but also she's the problem. Like, right. She's broken. She's wrong not and the bad. World, yeah. Her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, my favorite thing about, yeah. okay, I have to, I do need to talk about something, sorry, to like derail things immediately, but. By all means. The thing that yes. I love about directors in general, and Antonioni is, is, is enough full of his own shit that he is ex- especially guilty of this. Is directors <laughs> right. telling you that, like, well, that's just the who the character is for a character that they wrote. They wrote as though yeah. it's a yeah. real person <laughs> that they didn't just make. Right. It, like, it's like it's the it's the it's the epitome of making a new guy to be mad at. <laughs> like he right. invented right. a type of lady that doesn't exist <laughs> so that he could be mad at her. Because like she's yeah. oh, all those neuroses they they she had them to start you know as a right. person it's like right. but you made her you chose yeah you chose that <laughs> like what are you talking about Antonioni's yeah Antonioni's stance as and he's fairly explicit in this is that uh, technological progress even technological progress that that looks like it does in this film. Which he believes uh, is beautiful, is, which is um, is yes. unsettling in and of itself. Is beautiful and perfect and has never done anything wrong. It's also an inevitable, unstoppable force that we have no control over. Yes. It's worth noting yeah. that, that, that Antonioni him, uh, hose the, or like, follows the, the neoliberal yeah. line to a T. But, <laughs> but also it is beautiful because it is human. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, the force is ugly because it's not yeah. human. It's very worth noting that yeah. is part of the argument. Yeah. This movie could be read. Oh yeah. As an incredibly early view of the anxieties of climate change. Mm-hmm. Well, and also just but like what Antonioni too. Just like just even beyond, yes. like yes. even pre yes. right. pre climate change, it it does actually make like environmental references that make it feel that way right but even if you like right are you know even without that it like it reads in some ways like a lot of the other films we've said we've watched that actually are talking about this thing in the way we want them to talk about it which is yeah oh like this is very alienating it makes it ruins your existence your experience as a human being (laughs) so for your world to be hyper industrialized (laughs) around you Right. But what Antonioni is actually arguing is that what ruins your experience isn't the progress, isn't the tech, isn't the smoke stacks surrounding your Pouring entire world. Yellow smoke Choke, that'll kill choking the birds. you out in this hellscape. The hellscape's great. Your problem is that your old fashioned morals. Right. And. and you are the poor you're, problem. You're too, Those neuroses. Yeah. You can't let go of the past. Yeah. You can't let go, and not even like a historical past. You can't let go of the moral worldview that that you come from, and that is the problem. And that is why you feel disconnected. That is why you feel alienated within this. And to hear to hear that from 
someone who ostensibly is a leftist. Well, <laughs> yeah. just so incredibly infuriating to me. And, there are, and he's just a hundred percent not right. Like we 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 know right, what right. he is. He is a shitty just, neoliberal yeah. with yeah. shitty neoliberal ideas. I mean, it, like I said, it 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 follows to the T. Like it's literally like right. even to the point of saying no. things to the effect of like. Well, progress is inevitable. What he's talking about is capitalism. He's not talking about right. progress. He's talking about capitalism, and capitalism is inevitable. He's like, it's like the revolution. It's inevitable. It's like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah, progress. Progress is inevitable, but not. But but it doesn't have to this, look like this. Just, <laughs> right, but he has associated right. these two yeah. things together. This progress, yeah. which which functions the way it does because it is capitalist, yeah. is inevitable. This is, yeah, this is. He doesn't right, separate right. them in his mind. This, yeah. Yeah. It's there were it is particularly true of the center sequence in this movie where they're in the shack. But there were multiple times in my notes where I wrote down this is like a Bunell film if Bunell had all of his sensibilities but was trying to be aggressively apolitical. Yes, yeah. Uh and that's that's bewildering. How you get those sensibilities and still be so aggressively political in the way he is political it's just very bewildering yeah. to me well and that's, uh, and that's what's led me to come to understand that that um <laughs> in my mind like that we've gotten enough now that i understand antonioni as is all all film bark and no bite it's all it's all aesthetics right, right. it's nothing but aesthetics yeah. it's aesthetics 100 it's aesthetics, it's aesthetics deep, which which is frightening because aesthetics in my mind are born of political movements and ideas that are like meaningful right obviously we know that that's not 100 yeah. percent true there are plenty of aesthetic uh styles that were born almost out of born out of pure capitalist greed that like are garbage styles right, and right, but right. like but my point is is that like the good ones <laughs> quote unquote the good ones i, I say very already knowing that i sound like an asshole um, but a lot of them do are born of, of, of actual political movements and ideas, uh, people trying to make political statements with their art. And Antonio is, well, I mean, he is. He's made a political decision. It is shitty new liberalism. That's that's his <laughs> that's his political bag that he's carrying. I, yeah. And the thing is, is his he says with his mouth the words, and like and those factories and stuff are beautiful can be beautiful. They are not beautiful in this movie. Right. He made a movie right. where they they, they're aesthetically, the, the progress is if, ugly, like viciously ugly. Yeah. If, if Antonioni believes that his portrayal of that industrialization is beautiful in this movie, I don't know what to do with him. No, that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm <laughs> going with this. I'm confused. Yeah. Like I have trouble understanding yeah. what his understandings of aesthetics are because he made a a an intensely ugly movie and i don't fault the aesthetic choice in it because i agree with the thing he made just not his understanding of the thing he made <laughs> right i don't right 100 <laughs> percent. yeah we just watched all these gray smoke and shit it's amazing i don't understand i want to read an extended quote from the man himself okay sure go for it in 1964 godard interviewed antonioni uh, for for Cahiers de Cinema. And it's 
it's Godard in 64, right? So it's Godard before he's, he's really made his, his major turn, right? He's, you know, some of, some of Godard's stuff through the sixties is, is political and, and well, Marxist leaning yeah. in, in mostly in, in anti-American hegemony sort of way right? <laughs> um, in our experience so far. Uh, even as he uses like American hegemonic culture to critique his own obsession with, right. with American culture, I mean, good, good is, art has is, issues. Is the tool he uses, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, and it's you know it's fun. Godard asks him about his previous films uh, and how they gave the impression of developing out of one another and standing along the same time or the same line of inquiry. And now you've seemed to reach a new destination with Red Desert. For the woman in the film, perhaps it is a desert, but for you, it's something fuller, more complete. It's a film about the whole world and not just about the world of today. And I want to, he, he responds in three paragraphs, but I'm only going to read the second two. Uh, it's too simplistic to say, as many people have done, that I am condemning the inhuman industrial world, which oppresses the individuals and leads them to neurosis. My intention, and I realize that one always knows where one starts off, but very rarely where one is going. My intention was to translate the poetry of that world in which even factories can be beautiful. The lines and curves of factories and their chimneys can be more beautiful than the outline of trees, which we are already too accustomed to seeing. It is a rich world, alive and serviceable. I have to say that the neurosis I sought to describe in Red Desert is above all a matter of adjusting. There are people who do adapt and others who can't manage, perhaps because they are too tied to the ways of life that are by now out of date. This is Juliana's problem. What brought on her personal crises was the irreconcilable divide, the gap between her sensibility, intelligence, and psychology, and the way of life that is imposed on her. It's a crisis that has to do not with her surface relationship with the world, her perceptions of sounds, colors, and the coldness of the people around her, but with her whole system of values, social, moral, and religious, which are by now out of date and can no longer support her. She therefore finds that she has, has to reinvent herself completely as a woman. This is the advice her doctors give her and that she tries to follow. The film, in a sense, is the history of that effort. First off, <laughs> yeah, one that you know that's straight from the horse's mouth. Some stuff that we've already said. If he believes that the lines and the curves of factories and their chimneys can be more beautiful than the outline of trees, uh, he has not succeeded in showing that in this film. Right. Well, that, that well, or alternatively, his understanding of beauty is so <laughs> far alien from ours and anybody I've ever met in my entire life that he is. That it is a wonder yeah. he made any movies that anybody ever wanted to watch. Like, if he were making an aesthetic argument that uh, the people in this movie are what are important and the backgrounds are not important, so all of the backgrounds will be gray, even the hotel will be uniform white, uh, while our people are vibrant and alive, I can, yeah, yes, no, yeah, that totally. makes sense. Yeah. To well, me. that's what I'm saying is like, from a pure, purely but, physically, like, <laughs> visual, aesthetic, decision-making perspective if i didn't like watch the movie and yeah. you just show me clips of the movie i'd be like right. yeah i'm on board i agree completely yeah. the, the aesthetic choices here are impeccable yeah they just don't match any of the words that come out of his mouth right 
right, like, right. I yeah. can't, I can't, like, and this one, at least the one you just read, is more articulate than the one because he has. There's a, right. a a bonus feature where he has an interview that's much briefer. It's only, it's like yeah, with the television minutes. show, and like he's asked yeah. essentially the same questions, uh, or or like you know simpler versions of the same questions, right. Um, at least here, with regards to Juliana, he is like articulate, wrong but articulate. Uh, <laughs> right. In the other right, one, right. he in that interview, he basically in the other interview, he basically just says, "Well, like, no, she was broken to start with. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe like right. her inability to adapt to this new world caused the, a crisis, but she was broken right out of the gate." And it's like, right? He even sort of walks it a different line of argument here than he at least acknowledges here that like. Oh, why would this nightmare world maybe make people uncomfortable? I mean, he's wrong about why, but he right, like right. acknowledges that yes, the world around her is what is causing her distress, not her. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't. He he still blames yeah. it on her, but like, I don't know. He's slightly more human in that interview than he is in the one on yeah. the, on the TV show. Yeah. The weirdest thing to me about about him is that. He's correctly categorized the problem as a spiritual sickness. Right. But he's completely misdiagnosed it well, still I mean, somehow. But here's the thing, though, right? Like, he, man, like, we, I, I don't think we've ever found this much of a just neoliberal bro film director ever. <laughs> yeah. He's doing yeah, the thing, right? Very... Like, I acknowledge yeah. there's a problem here, but I cannot go to the obvious conclusion about what how one deals with what that problem really is and how one deals with it right because the answer is yeah you know no surprise here capitalism and like he can't do right, it right. he won't it, do it and yeah he can't diagnose it as capitalism even even as he hints at at uh capitalistic class politics with starting the movie in a strike right right uh but those strikers have nothing to do with the rest of the film, and uh, they're they're an aesthetic. You know, choice Juliana's relationship to the yeah right, and Juliana's relationship to the strikers and relationship to management, like her husband, uh, is not a is not a source of conflict within the film, right? Right. You know, she walks by and she buys the sandwich from the striker, uh, and it's just. Uh, all that exists is to be the weird little thing, the first weird little thing that Juliana does. That she she buys an already partially consumed sandwich from a guy on the street who says, I got it a block that way. Right. Uh, <laughs> and doesn't want to sell it to her. And then she eats it in shame. Right. She right. hides. She's looking around. And she's, she's desperate to consume it. To the extent that I understand where Antonioni is coming from in that I... You know, not that I agree with it, but I, I've read enough and heard enough from him to know what he's trying to say. I guess it makes sense to establish her neurosis as wanting to consume this thing that she already sees someone happily consuming. So, right. To, to, Although, like, she doesn't to buy to buy it away, and right, you know, she doesn't she doesn't consume it happily. Certainly, right. Although, but, I would have to say though that like. In in many ways, Antonioni, despite his arguments that he knows lots of neurotic people and like he's <laughs> right, he's right, like very right, familiar. Right. I've spent day whole days with them, uh, which is just the weirdest argument I've ever heard anybody make. <laughs> okay, uh, he he doesn't actually seem to understand like 
100% what people's reactions to this nightmare world would be and right. are. Should, like, sometimes be, he does. Are, yeah. Like, sometimes her neuroses yeah. seem very real. Like, because, right. like, she's, where, like, he's he's hit on something like, oh, a person might react this way to this, like, nightmare that they're in. And then sometimes there's things like just, like, wildly eating a sandwich. She doesn't demonstrate other examples of, like, wild, un, unbridled consumption as, like, as uncontrollable choice later on in the movie. It's really just that one time, right? Like, so he doesn't stick to, like, a set pattern of neuroses that are like right like yeah that that right. you could argue right. like that. you could make a movie about a person who just like oh, well people made this movie already who can't stop eating things because or or can't stop yeah. consuming uncontrollably because that's like a neuroses you or like a mental illness you could develop as a result of like living in a hyper consumption focused yes. culture but really this movie isn't about consumption at all otherwise like, we see right. very little like, right. evidence of conspicuous consumption <clears throat> that we would expect in that kind of movie. Yeah. And and like it's not it's not saying anything about the class relationship between her and the worker because she, you know, she if anything overpays for the sandwich, right. right? You know, it's not she's not stealing it. She's not uh manipulating him into giving it to her in any way. She's throwing money at him, which, you know, is its own commentary on the relationship between the rich and the poor. Yes, right, but it's but... not a commentary that's continued anywhere else, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's not it's right, not Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then she's just wandering through this polluted hellscape. Uh and like I don't know. It's just it's very weird. Um we hadn't, you know, a thing we've started doing more recently is sort of looking at directors uh backgrounds. Uh, to, yeah. to get an idea of the class they come out of. I didn't and, really have to look at Antonioni's. I just didn't even right, bother. Right, right, you I was don't like, really. <laughs> I mean, once he, in an interview, told me, well, he was second on the second tier uh, uh, tennis team, and he was pretty good. I pretty much knew everything I needed right, to know about right, him as right, well in right, that, right. that regards. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, like, those kind um, of, if a person gives you an aside about how good they were at tennis in their high school days, you basically know everything you need yeah. to know about them. Uh, he uh, he got an economics degree from the oldest university in Italy, uh, which yeah, which shocked. might tell you something. Except that twenty years after he was there, Umberto Eco also got an economics degree from the same university. So like, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean a particular thing, I guess. No, but but, but an, an economics um, degree is is. It doesn't have to be indicative. Like it does. It doesn't have yeah. to be. Obviously, <laughs> it just like, can be. Yeah. It just can be. Like <laughs> we we are seeing the bad version of the economics degree rather than many other people have yeah. demonstrated the good version of it. Where you go, hey, this shit's right. fucked up, man. I better write books yeah. about how fucked up this shit is. <laughs> yeah. And Antonioni's own description of his parents is that his his mother, uh, that he had a very loving childhood, very happy childhood. Um, his mother had been a laborer in her youth, uh, and his father was born into a working class family. Um, and, uh, says, says he obtained a comfortable position through evening courses and hard work. Uh, says his parents gave him pretty free reign when he was young, um, did have a brother, uh, and they would play outside. He says, curiously enough, our friends were invariably proletarian and poor. The poor still existed at that time. Does he think they that don't is such now? a 
What a weird Such thing an to insane say. sentence. You recognize them by their clothes. But even in that in the way they wore their clothes, there was a fantasy, a frankness that made me prefer them to boys of bourgeois families. I always had sympathy for young women of working class families, even later when I attended university. They were more authentic and spontaneous. I really hate this guy like a lot. Like I can't it doesn't happen a lot, Adam. Like I the poor the poor the poor still existed when I was young. Yeah, which is a weird he's talking about he's he's talking about Italy in the nineteen twenties. There is a degree of poverty there that he probably did not see whenever he said this. Uh, but I'm going to say not because it didn't exist, right. but because of where he was. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. And like, and then honestly speaking, like just the way he then goes on to describe the working class as though they are zoo animals is really, yes, real yes. fucked up shit, man. It's really hard to get like to deal with. The the poor are more authentic. Uh, I mean, to his credit, he <laughs> after literally saying the poor are more authentic, and that being some sort of internalized belief he has, seemingly. Uh, he doesn't go on and make a bunch of movies about how the poor are more authentic. Well, so and let's that's, let's let's be very good. clear here. <laughs> we we got to read. We have to read carefully <laughs> because he's saying specifically young women of the working class are more authentic. Yes, yes. because yes. Antonio, among that's other fair. things, is is a is deeply misogynistic. Yeah, and also that, uh, very that also... seeming like in my mind reads very predatorial, like extremely predatorial. Yeah. That uh, that also reminds me of a place where I laughed in my notes was uh, <laughs> the first time I wrote down that this feels like this feels like a Bizarro Bunel film. Uh, as soon as I as soon as I finished typing that sentence, the screen popped over to the to the very first establishing shot of the sack of the shack scene. Yes. Which is which is a a pair of women's feet. Yes, oh, yeah, frame. yeah, that's right. Um, and just and just remembering remembering Bunuel's uh, I mean, insistence from a, way back in the chambermaid, yeah, yeah. Uh, diaries of a chambermaid about Bunuel saying that uh, uh, that he just finds foot fetishes funny because he's he's so he's so self aware yeah, uh, and impossible to, to scrutinize. I'm super self aware. Oh, Bunuel yeah. is, is such a weird dude. Uh, but yeah. like no, like this th- this guy just like I mean he just <sighs> what an exhausting human. Being. <laughs> like it's ones like this that yeah. make me like just so tired. Like whoa. right, we're gonna talk for like another hour about this this weird asshole. Um, yeah, no, I mean like again because like. I can't. It's really hard to reconcile your mind because you're like, I want to talk about the visuals that I found really engaging, that told the story I want to tell, right? That aren't the t- story he wants to tell. I mean, I guess we can just like full on death of the author and this guy and be like, okay, look, tough shit, dude. You made a movie about the <laughs> ills of of capitalism, whether you meant right. to or not. Yes, and that's yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, we can we can Antonioni, as we've spent the last half hour doing, uh, he's just wrong about the work he made. Yeah, uh, no, he and, is. And yeah, we can, he really is. We can have a pretty good idea of why he's wrong about the work he made, like why why he believes the things he believes. Uh, 
And I think we've 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 looked at that. We've established that. Uh, with, I will say I think I yeah. honestly believe that in some way he is also lying to himself. I don't think he believes yeah. that those factories he filmed are beautiful. I I really it's impossible. It, I I mean, and like and this is coming from a person like I I can't get into like grungy art like, but like he filmed yeah. them in a way that tells you they are ugly. Right. Like <laughs> like they very clearly right. not... telegraphs to you these are yeah. ugly. <clears throat> and they are from, hell. Like there's literally yeah. steam coming out of everywhere, Adam. How do you right? Like that's hell. You've made hell. the ground is on. <laughs> yeah, the ground is on fire. Yes. <laughs> the, the water is undrinkable. Uh, steam comes out of fucking everything. There is there is no comfort here. Uh, and and what little comfort our main character finds in the first scene is a half eaten sandwich. Uh, eaten while hiding in a bramble, uh, surrounded by seemingly in a, petroleum in a dead, yeah, a yeah. dead bramble, a a, a petroleum soaked yeah. nightmare escape, hiding behind yeah. the dead the dead remnants of a of a world that will used to How? probably be beautiful. When. When the bonus feature started, and he said, "I was just so struck by how this natural landscape yes, you thought he was had go so quickly been place. converted into this industrial one." It's like, yeah, absolutely. And then the next sentence, I'm like, "No, how did you miss your own point? <laughs> yes, how did what you just get it happened? Wrong? What's wrong with you?" <laughs> and I think it's, I think like, it's a self, I think it is a self deception, in order to be able to toe the line of the thing he said that he ostensibly believes. He ostensibly yeah. believes that pro- like this progress is good, so it has to fundamentally yeah. has to be beautiful because if it's ugly, it can't be entirely good. Right. Like right. If, if it is yeah. Uh, if it, because like right. If you're like it, like a thing that is ugly, even if it seems to help people, can't be good. And even then, he doesn't seem to believe it entirely because like he literally has them talking about how like now the water catches on fire. And they joke yeah. about it. And I'm like, you just described, <laughs> right. other than describing Cleveland, you've also described hell. <laughs> yes. Uh, and there are times those aren't different. Um, <laughs> yes, that's but... true. Specifically when uh, the river catches on fire. Yes, yes, particularly. <laughs> but I, presumably yeah. their river catches on fire. Like that is a river that will catch on fire. The river he filmed I can't... will catch on fire. Right. Everything, I mean, I like, you see him pulling near the shack, they're pulling on that, like, rope. That is very clearly a petroleum-soaked rope. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Man, when the when the kid just suddenly can't walk, again, I thought, oh, oh yeah. are we getting some sort of commentary yeah. on, the, on the obvious, terrible uh, health results of living in the situation that this kid is living in, in his house that overlooks the the port and is therefore probably well, all the, out the other window directly adjacent to all of these factories. Yeah, the, the port where uh, they dump all the, the, the toxins. Yeah, right. Uh, no, turns out uh, he's just joshing because <laughs> uh, he's just a selfish little Italian man. <laughs> yes, yeah. He is a pro- proto-Italian man. Uh, <laughs> and And also just not uh, nice to his mother. Just like really deeply no. unkind to his mother, and like in like really minor, like not minor in the sense like they, they certainly it hurts, but like, right, like he just never says anything politely to her in any capacity. 
He doesn't like he demands yeah. stuff. Ugh. What a little what a little shit. <laughs> yes. Uh He's like Draw his me dad. A picture. He's like his dad. Yeah. Who just Draw chooses to like Tell ignore his story. family instead. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also <laughs> that has nothing to do with her problems. Let's be very clear here. Right. Remember, she came no, with all of those. She's, they were built in. She's caused she's caused her husband to be distant because her husband has successfully embraced progress and and she has not. That's that's the real problem he here, Pat. Can drink the petroleum water. He's adapted. <laughs> he's adapted. Uh he's growing gills. <laughs> uh, specifically the kind that let you drink petroleum water. Whatever that would be. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just just a, a filter gill that's developed uh, through generations of this. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I want to see. Like, right. Antonioni's dead, right? Like, he's been dead. Is he dead? I he's mean, dead, probably. Right? I don't know. He's got to be dead, right? If nothing else. His, his love of petroleum probably killed him at some point, right? I mean, if, if he were alive, he'd be 110. Oh, so, it was he born that long ago? I didn't look at how old he was. Yeah. Like when he was born. Yeah. Um, he died. I was just wondering, I, in my mind, yeah. I was like, I'm wondering how he would handle microplastics. How he would tell us how beautiful <laughs> those are. How great they are. You're just not embracing uh, yeah. them correctly. I, I kind of thought about that, too, when, uh, when she goes into uh, uh, her lover's room and says, my hair hurts. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's all oh the right you there. don't even know the half of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if we approach this movie just textually, just no, no Antonioni, yeah, just he doesn't get watch a say. this movie. Yeah. He doesn't get a say. This is a movie that is very successfully about, uh, the alienation of modern day corporatism of uh progress capitalism of uh you know material uh extraction and uh and refinement that is killing everyone around it right i mean it goes as far as like the the person she turns to in theory for the sort of comfort that she, like, to try to make a human connection, uh, yeah. also extracts from her, like takes from her. Yes, like it yeah. treats her inhumanly. Uh, yeah, it it's very poignant work. Right. If only that's what he wanted. And to say. yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Like yeah, like I mean, yeah. literally, he has the person she turns to. For comfort, the person she turns to to try to form a human, a new human connection to save her. Yeah. Assault her. Yeah. And like, and yeah, commit an act of, of, of like, I don't right. know what, like, you know, if we're, if we're making an analogy to like exploiting like the physical wealth of the world, right? Like it's a direct, it's a one to one, like direct connection there. It's right. And that's him. That's him being proper. Like there are there are moments where uh, Corrado exhibits as if he has caught the neurosis from Juliana, right? Right. Like when he's when he's talking to the workers who are going to go to Patagonia with him, 
and he starts to disassociate. Right. Like, you know, first off, first off, he's not giving them clear, clear, straight answers. Right. <laughs> he's like, it's like, no, no, we can worry about that later. Um, <laughs> about pay. Right. right. It's like, um, what? You want me to yeah. go to Patagonia? Like, I think you're going to need to answer that <laughs> yeah. question at some point. We'll work, we'll work it out. Uh, well, can we bring our wives? Yeah, in a year. Uh, can we call our wives? Yeah, once a month. Uh, we'll pay for you to call your wives. But if you want to call more, you'll have to, obviously, you'll have to, you'll have to pay for um, yeah. And then he just, you know, and, and it's beautiful when he starts to like drop out of that conversation and, uh, get obsessed with the, the color in a very Rothko-esque sort of way. Right. Uh, you know, and yeah, I don't know the visual Antonioni embracing visual aesthetic in that way of modern, of you know, like hyper modern up to the date modern art. Um, you know, we get some, some real Rothko esque stuff, like in her little shop that she's starting mm. to build, uh, of the plank splotches on the wall, you know, and again, she, you know, she wants to, she wants to start a pottery shop in this town. Like who's she selling to? Well, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> she, she doesn't know she wants to start a pottery shop until Corrado right? suggests a pottery shop. That's, that's she fair. Just wants that's to, fair because she, She's, she's desperate. Like yeah. I mean, the, I mean, again, right. like if she wants to sell something, she wants to do. Well, I mean, what she wants to do, right? Like even more deep down, like sell something is her her brain grasping at ideas for like like in a world where all you know is capitalism. Like, how do you yeah. form connections with people? Well, you sell them shit, right? You like right. I'll become a you buy their sandwich and you sell happy. them something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like. I'll yeah. be happy finally if I can actually do capitalism myself, um, yeah, and and make connections with people by selling them things they need or whatever, right? But like, she's just de- like everything she's doing is just is just wild grasps at any sort of form of human connection, like anything she can get. Right. None of them work because the system is no longer set up to allow her to do that. Right. Like it is the system's sickness, not hers. No matter what right. he says, like she can't form human connections because there are no human connections left to be made. The closest she gets are with rando workers who are just out there doing their job on like a radio telescope who right. in, in the moments of their work have time to at least somewhat so far out from everybody else, despite still being engaged in, in these endeavors have just a few extra seconds to spare to be like actual human beings. And like have real conversations with people that make fucking sense, right? Like, because she can't get that. None of that does not happen even once in that fucking shack. There is not a right. single conversation in that shack that makes a goddamn bit of sense, right? And it's not. Fr- it's not like the story is like from her perspective in the sense that like we like. The only, you know, we do kind of get it with the, the ship at the end and the fact she can't understand. But, like, we're not, like, we're not hearing and seeing through her eyes all the time to the limited extent that, like, oh, maybe the conversations do make sense and she doesn't understand them. They don't make sense because these are people just prattling on because they don't, they can't form human connections anymore either. Right. It's just a bunch of people trying to get out of the situation what they want to sort of steal from the situation yeah. right um, and and Corrado is also 
you know, he's he's disaffected by the situation, but his solution is to manufacture a reason not to have those human connections, you know, so that he can blame himself for not having those human connections because he just travels all the time, right? Right. You know, he doesn't have to maintain those relationships. Uh, and in doing so is actively extracting workers from their familial, <laughs> familial right, yeah. relationships. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and like, a, you know, it, yeah, and, and the things he's engaged in are like ludicrous, right? Like, I mean, like, there's nobody there that can do this job. Like, whatever you're like, the thing you're trying to do, like, you can't. No, Corrado's, Corrado's section of this movie is a prequel to uh, Wages of Fear. Right. Yes, absolutely. 100%. He's setting up an industrial town in the middle of <laughs> Patagonia, of <laughs> Argentinian Plateau. Uh, and Yeah is going to lead to someone needing to drive the dynamite truck over the mountain. <laughs> over the mountain, yes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's just like, <laughs> he's, yes, I mean, he also, though, is, like, I mean, his final, like, sort of answer for her at the end is, like, well, just don't think about it. Right. Like, that's very telling, right? Like, his answer is, like... Yeah. And she, in and, and, like, good on her, like, rejects that out of hand as, like, this is... That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> just don't think about the nightmare. <laughs> like, the hell? Yeah. Just ignore the hell you're in. It's yeah, fine. but it is, it's also what she internalizes by the final scene, too, right? Though. Well, I mean, yes, to a certain extent. When, she, when I, she's I, talking to her child. Yeah. I suspect that, like, this is very much a story that is not over, right? Like, we stopped the movie, yeah. but, like, that plan doesn't work for very long. She's already tried it of before. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, what what she what she tells the kid is basically Corrado's solution. Yes, yeah, it know, is that the that the birds have learned to avoid. Well, it's it's Antonioni's the, solution, the right? Which is like, smoke. oh, the yeah. birds have adapted. Now we know the birds right. haven't adapted. The birds are just all dead. Right. But but yes, yes. Not only that, but also this is this is not something we're going to adapt to. <laughs> it's not. Right. You know, yeah, you're, you're not going to adapt uh, to the. Poison. Or at least, uh, yeah. Listen. If, you, uh, if if I mean Antonioni is setting up, <laughs> we succeeded in not talking about him particularly for <laughs> his ideas for for at least five minutes. So I'll give us it's <laughs> hard. I'll, I'll chalk that up to a win. Um, Antonio is start, starting up a world where uh, the people who survive industrialization are by their nature the people who have the moral superiority of the age. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, uh, and again, he's that's a problem because those Darwinism, are just, basically. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the people with money, not the people with morality. Right. right. That's, that's, you know, the, the pinnacle of that is building a Mars colony, not right. well, solving the, the problems. Right. And the right? funny thing is, right. Is that like his examples of those people in this environment haven't even gotten to the point where they realize they need to get out of hell yet. They're living right, right smack right. dab in the middle of it, right? Like they're yeah. they're they're bathing in petroleum water and like yeah. breathing, you know, smoke that probably kills small birds, like yeah. all the time. Like they're not even smart enough to want to leave hell. They're pouring lead paint all over a, a forest. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's lovely when uh. art imitates life and life imitates art. Like Antonio There's, is his own bad guys, or actually, sorry, his own good guys. There are stories about cinematographer Carlo De Palma 
and uh, and Antonioni uh, fighting over like exactly what shade of gray the apple should have been painted and that sort of thing. Um, and I wonder if DiCarlo uh, is the reason this movie looks the way it looks. Or not to Carlo. Carlo I wonder Carlo if Carlo De, De, Palma, De Palma Yeah. Knows like like he knows what he's trying to say visually and it's just trying to like sneak it by Antonioni. <laughs> I you you want you do have to wonder, right? Yeah. Like well, because like Antonioni in his in his interviews is is very self-obsessed. He he is yeah, he believes he very very clearly believes in the auteur theory and like believes he is the auteur, right? Like he he yeah. creates these worlds whole cloth. You know, he doesn't listen to production companies. I do what I want. Like and yeah. all that shit, right? Like he's like he's very self-obsessed. I could see a world where like you could easily just squeak shit by him if you just say the right things. Oh, absolutely. If the right words come out of your mouth that make him feel big and important, do anything you want. It's worth noting that uh the Palma's life history is much more in line with like what you know, is I think more likely to produce the sort of ideas that we we uh, you know that we see in the movie. Uh, he grew up, yeah. Uh, you know, he grew up poor. Yeah, um, mother he, sold flowers for a living. He also uh, <laughs> shot a bunch of movies for <laughs> Woody Allen. So, you know, well, yeah, I mean, nobody can completely here. absolve the man. But, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I I was saying like I could believe a world where like oh, you know. Within reason, he's able to like manipulate what the movie looks like to be what he wants, you know, because that's true of any cinematographer, right? Like, I don't care how much control the the director says they have, unless they're like looking through the fucking camera like twenty four like yeah. the entire time. The cinematographer has a pretty good amount of control for what that thing looks like. But still, you know, despite the fact that the the scene did not make it into the movie. It is implied that it was shot. So, so he did still sign off on painting an entire well, right. it doesn't pine mean forest gray. I'm not going to so, argue that he's yeah. good. He just might be the reason why right. the movie is so bleak. He just might know. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Um, Richard Harris is really good in this, uh, but he also almost came to blows with Antonioni, or maybe actually came to blows with Antonioni, depending on who you listen to, uh, to the point... Um, there is also, he had, he had previously signed a contract to start working on another movie back in Britain. Uh, so there is, there is one story that he left the production here, not out of necessarily anger, but just because he didn't want to breach this other contract. Um, in any case, some of, some of his scenes are filmed with a, a double, okay. uh, because he had already left. Uh, there is ill-defined stories about him and Antonioni arguing about it. Um, not real sure exactly what it was over, you know, what it was, if it was ideological or just the way he was being treated. Um, Antonioni, as you said, very auteur direction here, which is weird coming off of, what was it we watched? Was it well, uh, something we watched in the last couple of weeks? We had... Uh, oh yeah, who was a director that? who didn't have an acting background and was like just like to all his actors was like, hey, you know, do what feels right. Um, <laughs> was it? Oh, who was that? Was it Troll? It was Jan Troll in Everlasting Moments, I think. Okay, yeah, um, I think that sounds right. That, that sounds yeah, correct. Two weeks ago, 
Yeah, where where Antonioni here, I you know, I don't remember where I ran across it, but apparently Harris pushed back on how he was being, you know, presenting a scene with his character, and and Antonioni essentially told him, "You're not paid to think." Uh, well, and like Antonio, you, <laughs> you do what I tell you to do. <laughs> conflicting, yeah. like even within his own interviews, gives very conflicting messages about like exactly how he treats actors because you'd be like, oh, like you know. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, he'll like in one, on one hand say like, oh, you gotta trust the actors, you know, like they, and then, and then the next one would be like, but I also, you know, I do whatever I have to do to get what I want. Yeah. It's like, those things are compatible. Like those can't be the same thing. Yeah. And then on top of that, Harris didn't speak Italian. Uh, He's overdubbed in the movie. Um, And Antonioni did not speak English. So there's that. Like how how Richard Harris ended up in this production is very I don't know right that's very <laughs> like, very strange actually yeah I, I mean this a, is a time yeah. where this is a time where American English actors were starring in Italian films like yeah. we've experienced that before too yeah uh, yeah but many times actually I think multiple times yeah. at this point but yeah, yeah but, we're, but like if you're also doing like kind of a neo realist sort of like like it doesn't fit as a style choice in a movie like this anyway. Right. Like it feels odd. It feels it's yeah. it feels counterintuitive to the idea that I do whatever I want and I don't listen to the production companies because that feels like a production company decision. Right, right, right. Which, you know, would also explain the uh the antagonism on set. Right. If, yes. If he was forced yeah, to if, he, have... if if Antonio is just passive aggressively like fighting back. Yeah, and, unfortunately Unfortunately, I can't find anything in production about how Harris came to be on. Yeah, we don't have a lot of background material on that. Yeah. On like a lot of on that how aspect. this movie came into being, really. The entire scene of the six of them inside that shack and eventually tearing it apart, and also the the guy who recently purchased the sex shack shows up with with his latest conquest. Right. It's like, wait, why are you here? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, well, and it, yeah. and 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 it being uh, but uh, currently occupied by his boss, who like yeah, the, who their sold relationship it to is uh, extremely their dynamic is extremely weird and like yeah, it's all very fucked yeah. up. Yeah, like all of that, all of that with a couple of twists could be a Bunel thing. Right? Uh, yeah, and, 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 and other and other direct, Yeah, it has it has the inherent like fucked up weirdness that you need for a lot for yeah. like you know is a good is a good um is good sort of like touch uh you know touch point or whatever like um but like you know yeah. there's there's a lot of like it's fucked up and weird and like it really does convey the message of like that social disconnect of like none of this these relationships make sense or feel human right like the entire and time in the it, shack is fucking weird yeah like uh, the guy who that... previously owned the sex shack is like clearly trying to turn it into an orgy at all times. <laughs> right, right, right. And nobody yes. else seems interested in it being an orgy. <laughs> right. One Despite of them the is the fact I that they're all laying wife, in a bed together. And like yes. And and uh, one of the other women tells her that basically, yeah, your husband's eventually going to like convince me like right. this is going to happen if you if you keep letting him try to convince me or whatever. It's like what the fuck is happening in this place? Yeah, but but then Juliana's husband is also so disinterested in sex with her that when she outright tells him, "I would like to have sex with you right now," he like, like comes up with what, an here? excuse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And then the end of that sequence. You're in you know, the, the sex f- shack? What are you yeah. talking about? Uh, the end of that that sequence where they're outside and, and the characters are sort of disappearing in that thick, thick fog, that's another image that would make sense in a movie not made from the perspective Antonioni is yeah, trying to make totally. this yeah, movie like, from. Like, literally, yeah. like, th- this world is so fucked up that you can, like, people just disappear yeah. and, re- and, like, reappear yeah. and, like... All, all of what brief connection she has just established in this house is falling apart and the people are just disappearing into mm. the smog, right? That is, you know, if it if this were an anti-pollution movie, it would be too on the nose. Right, times, yeah, absolutely. Right? And even uh, even as an anti anti-capitalist <laughs> movie, it like like oh right yeah. the 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 building where we all can't seem to form real human connections. The only time we start forming those connections is when we start tearing the place down. Right, destroying right. The, the 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 world that's around this hell that's around us. We suddenly start forming connections. No, 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 that's yeah. way too on the nose. You can't do that. That's insane. <laughs> right, right, right. The end of that sequence is also when we get the first, the first hint that her pre-film car accident was a suicide attempt. Right. Okay. Because uh, she almost drives the car off the end of the dock, and her husband reacts like, "Oh, this again!" And she's like, "No, no, it was a mistake." And it's just very, you know, very, very adamant that she wasn't trying to kill herself uh, in a way that realistically, uh, I think, <laughs> in one of the most realistic portrayals of her neurosis, uh, <laughs> she she is protesting in a way that suggests that this exactly is what had happened before. Right. Uh, the story she tells her son about. Escaping to this pristine natural world that uh, that is the outside it, world keeps pushing into. And is actually beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like, boy, again, uh, we sure keep coming back to the idea that like he accidentally made a film that he didn't intend to make. Because, oh, yeah, the right. only beautiful place is the fantasy world that she's describing that is un, untouched by human hands. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, but even there she feels lonely, right? She right. is alone. And, you know, she she tries to swim out to the yacht and the yacht is empty and still turns away from her. Uh, and the voices she hears uh, are disembodied and coming from everywhere. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Just a constant screaming. <laughs> you know. uh, Speaking yeah. of which, there's a yeah, lot of really just... cool sound design in this movie. Oh, this yeah. movie the, like, the tells me- you how fucked up places are and feel with sound i know it's meant to right. be her neuroses but it, again if we read it the way we choose to read it it really yeah. is more like the world itself is screaming at you it, it the yeah. world is in so much pain and so bad that it screams it like its own like with its own voice it's yeah it is again it is electronic music <laughs> Yeah, it is electronic music by Vittorio Gilmetti. Uh, it's very good. Uh, like, yeah, opening opening credits, uh, to their credit, uh, as soon as the music got to the point where I need to figure out who did the music to this, his name popped up. So, like, yeah. it was good. It was good timing. He's fantastic and is also, you know, yeah. I mean, thinking about this as everything we see and hear being from her internal perspective, that would, yeah, it that works would make anyway. Sense. But and, but in a movie yeah, that's telling the story we wanted to tell, 
they there doesn't need to be a line between those two things. Right. Like her right. her feelings about the world are valid and real. And yeah. so the world is screaming at her that we don't we don't need to make we don't have to have a if if we buy if we buy into our own our own view of this movie there has to there doesn't have to be a line there they're both those are those two things are compatible with each other and can both be true at the same time she hears the world screaming at her because the world is screaming at her yeah you know it makes sense it it work it actually makes less sense in the world that he's created because it's only internal right like she's just yeah she's just air quotes crazy um which is significantly less interesting as a as a as a as a mechanic like a sort of storytelling mechanism right like you know and 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 there's actually kind of a problem as the movie moves on in general is that like if one believes what we're being sold which is that it's it's her that's the problem it actually makes the story significantly less interesting fundamentally because then it's just about a person who is just a little like maladapted to their world rather than a world that is maladapted to human existence it's just a more boring story that way it just it is it is but also the movie doesn't doesn't do that either like it doesn't it doesn't end when she says to her son and they're walking again in the industrial area and she says, oh, the the little birds just learn how to uh, avoid it. It's not like she suddenly sees the world full of color and no, vibrant no. and beautiful. Well, right. it, it's definitely not a, a story that is coming to a conclusion. <laughs> like the story itself is not coming right. to a conclusion. Yes. Yeah. You've said that. Yeah. And, and you're right. But but still, it's, I don't know. It is a visually striking film. It just makes much more sense if you ignore everything the director has said about it uh, and read oh, it as the very like... clear condemnation of right. industrialization that it is. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, right. And, you know, maybe the anxiety... I It is easy to read it that way because the anxieties of climate change are uh, everyday reality now, right? But, right, but we, uh, we also, as a, as a, as a people need to bear in mind that like yes the anxieties of climate change are very very pressing on our minds right now but when you but people who lived in various versions of industrial hellscapes the anxieties were very real at that time too right? oh yeah like absolutely. when you, if you no lived one... in like first industrial revolution england and everything you saw in your entire life was covered in soot all the fucking time yeah. that was very pressing and very real right you coughed all the time for a fucking right. reason and you knew why that no one, reason was. No one who actually worked in Ravenna and could afford to not live in Ravenna lived in Ravenna. Right. Like exactly. the, the the biggest break from reality here is this idea that he actually the wanted to foreman live of the factory, factory. Yeah. Li- <laughs> yeah. Lives close to the factory. Like and that's that's, you know, uh, a disconnect that suggests that Antonioni doesn't know the people he's making a film about. Well, apparently right. he talked to numerous workers. And also he knows lots of neurotic people. Yes, yes. Maybe they're the everybody. same people. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I don't know. If I lived Godard in this place, I would her. be losing my mind. I will be very clear here. Yeah. Like, this place is, right. is hell. Yeah. Um, 
Godard seems to have some neuroses, and he knows him. So maybe, well, he, maybe yeah, that's oh, yeah, oh yeah, shocking. Godard might have some neuroses. <laughs> that's you know, that's it would explain why uh, having sex with a relative stranger is <laughs> is the key to to healing. <laughs> right. Right. No, that's very common to, the, to every director of the time period, basically. Yeah, the, the, if there's who one isn't some sort of, of the, moralistic of, of, uh, of Italian neorealism, it's it's really sex will solve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It's we don't talk to like, why? Why did he talk to a bunch of workers? It's not like we talk to a bunch of workers. They're not relevant to the story, actually. (laughs) He says it in an interview. He he. They're. He says they're funny at the start. Yeah. Their reactions to her trying to buy the sandwich. I mean, I really the conversation she has with her. I really, for some reason, my one of my favorite parts of the movie is the conversation she has with the guy at the radio telescope. It's yeah, just a, it's just a funny like it's not funny and like the like I'm gonna bust a, my side laughing or something but like it's it yeah. feels very human and like alive in a way that the dialogue in the rest of the film doesn't yeah. it's just and, oh here's a dude and, the, and we're just talking yeah that guy's wife when they go to visit try to find him right. at home earlier also very human well, also very human but in a different way because she's like why the fuck yes. are you here please leave <laughs> right she's right, giving right. off such good like it's it's, it's some is. of the best so acting good. in the movie honestly yeah. because it's like she's giving off like please leave my fucking house vibes so hard and also are you yeah. seriously here to try to steal my husband for a year right right like yes. what why would i help well, you do not, this thing well we'll pay him it's really not well that far away it's, right, uh, it's only the it's other, literally side the, the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. Like and like, she just she's I, I admire that actress because I I th- to be able to pull off that hardcore. I'm being polite to you, but I need I I want you out of my house immediately. It's, yes. it's so good. It's it's very well done. I, like so, yeah. It's really all all the sort of like secondary actors are all the best actors in the movie. <laughs> It is, it is not quite an actual antipode, um, <laughs> Patagonia to Ravenna, Italy. Um, it's damn close, though. It's, uh, it's all the way across the Pacific, but still, um, it's. But yeah, uh, the antipode of Ravenna, Italy, is closer to to New Zealand than Patagonia. Well, they but, all of Europe is uh, like that, though. Like all of Europe is just some some place in the right. middle of the, like the far Pacific, side of the Pacific. Yeah. It's. Yeah. The point is, is it's but, it's almost landmass wise about as far away as you could possibly be. Right, right. And and based on yeah. the description of how they have to get there, physically speaking, right. almost impossible to reach. Right. Might as well be the goddamn moon because it's like, oh well, you're gonna take a boat to here, then you're gonna fly to here, and then we're gonna put you on some trucks. What was the trucks? It was like eighty hours on the truck. Oh no, it, it was, was horrible. It was like one of those things where, like, yeah. if somebody described this to me. The amount of how the the amount of desperate for money yeah. I'd have to I mean, be to agree to that would be insane. If if someone described that to me, my my first question, very realistic to the scene, would be, uh, "How much are you prepaying us?" Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, are you guess. how much pay am I being guaranteed? Like, what are you going to put in a bank yeah. account now? 
right? and then all the all the, the all the workers in there are like totally all very reasonable <laughs> human beings be like <laughs> right, uh, right. Uh, like so about our families and also like <laughs> yeah. and you can also feel that tension of like are you gonna leave us there like are you ever gonna <laughs> yes, like yes. you know they never Which, get that point yet but you can feel it there's a tension in the air of like wait a minute are you gonna like bring us home at some point yeah or do we have to start new lives in Patagonia where like we like never see Italy again right right I mean this is also a movie that came out a decade after Wages of Fear so maybe right <laughs> it's it's what all these guys know about South America. <laughs> all the guys in the movie have canonically seen Wages of Fear and are like, I, yes. I'm not driving any dynamite over a mountain, man. Like, it's not happening. Well, it, you remember the beginning of Wages of Fear. All of the guys who end up driving the dynamite trucks were, uh, you know, European workers who were brought there and abandoned. Yes, so, yes, exactly. Uh, yes, yeah. 100%. Yes, it's... Right. I would... Uh, it is a very reasonable thing to wonder about when a company is offering to transport you to the middle of nowhere uh, yes especially a, a company that has already turned your hometown into a hellscape <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, we're gonna go help you do this to other people okay but what's the pay like yeah and then <laughs> if we don't succeed are you going to leave us there forever yes we're gonna have to buy our own ticket home It's just oh, the idea man. of like, oh, well, we'll what pay a... for you to call your family once a month. What the fuck, man? Just fuck <laughs> all the way off. Yes. Yes. How much is that phone call? Uh, how, much is that, how much does that bad boy cost? Oh, what? We can only use the company phone? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I wish Antonioni wasn't Antonioni. I wish. I, it's like this movie is in many ways very is very good. It, it 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 does have problems that we've identified partially because he doesn't actually know what the movie's about and so he right. missteps right. sometimes right like when we talked about like her neuroses don't always make sense because he hasn't diagnosed well he's sort of diet he hasn't though because he it's it's her she's the problem which is the incorrect diagnosis um yeah. like he understands just... more like the symptoms but not right. the diagnosis and certainly not the solution. And it right. causes mis it causes weird missteps. They're not all most of the time it's fine. Uh, yeah. I could almost like this movie if it just didn't have him anywhere near it. <laughs> right. 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 And it's just it's just so weird because so much of the Italian film of this time that we've seen uh in other areas of Italian life are correctly diagnosing yes. the negative aspects of the golden period post war. Yes, right. absolutely. Uh, you know, in in also, you know, at times, almost reactionary ways. You know, uh, you know, one problem with, uh, oh, what was it? The the one about the kid who who gets the job in the mailroom at the at the building. Is that Il Posto uh, or no? Is that something else? Um, I think it is Il Posto. I think that's right. Um, but you know, that's one. That's that's one that's sort of about the dissolution of the family. Of this, right. in this yeah. industrialized, and that you know that that could go a bad way. I don't think it does, but it could. Well, and if uh, memory serves, I'm trying, yeah. I I like that film quite a bit. I feel like in the end, oh, the yeah. kid makes the wrong choice, but the movie kind of like right tells right. you it's, the wrong, that it's the wrong choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we've watched you know all the all the stuff we've watched over you know a forty fifty year period of 
what's going on in Naples with uh, <laughs> with its rampant crime and and you know right. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, and there's yeah. there's even been Gum- specific, yeah, like I mean, what, I don't remember the one, but the the one with the guy who goes home and like, you know, you remember? Oh like, yeah, yeah, the where he's like, yeah, and everybody uh, is everybody in the movie is correctly diagnosed that this is a shitty system, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that he is specifically yeah. working for, you know, yeah, where he is, he's flown home from his job at the at the car plant up north, um. <laughs> Yeah, that that's one that ends with uh, the mafia being too strong, though. Uh, right. But yeah, I think I mean, of they, like a even, lot of a lot of the Italian cinema that yeah. tries to deal with this, even hits problems. It just does. Yeah, even in, because like the yeah. world is complicated and it's hard for the guys right. to come up with right. a solution right. where right. everything yeah. works out fine at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Even in Gomorrah, which is something more modern day, we're dealing with the fallout of you know like half. The business guy in Gamora, who's willing and dealing the whole time, like there's that scene where he's making a deal to to bury industrial sludge on a family right, farm, right? Yeah, that is actively killing the family, and the father from his deathbed is arguing percentages, right? right. Uh, you know, so and and the other scene where they're building the new building and they're like, oh yeah, this whole area is polluted. It's like, well, we'll plant an orange grove and build a playground, and then everybody will love it. Uh, you know, as the kids are playing directly on top of that right, yeah, same industrial sludge, you know, and that's that's the fifty years on ramifications of this industrialization that I don't, I don't understand anyone seeing the landscape portrayed in this film and thinking, oh, this will all end well, right? That's like, great. I mean, I love that. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that like. I, I, I often, like, I, I run into this problem mentally a lot of times, right? Because, like, that was kind of what I was getting at before is that, like, boots on the ground, like, real people in real situations all recognize this is yeah fucked up. Like, when you talk about, like, everybody who goes through, like, one of these industrial revolutions that, like, they all look at it and go, well, this is, I mean, like, this is now how I have to feed myself, so I have to engage with it. I have to do yeah. it. But this this shit sucks. The only people who think it's good are the main characters of this movie because they're shitty industrialists who, like, think they're going to come out of yeah. top. Yeah, but the main characters of this movie aren't even, like, the owners. No, they're but they're upper all, management. They're, 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 like, man, they're management, man. They're, they're yeah. worse than the fucking owners in a lot of ways, right? Like, they right. think that they're going to be the owners someday. They think that yeah. they can wheel and deal their way into, like, being the top dogs. It's 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 aspirational at capitalism, right? It's the it's the classic right. thing is like you're in you're in uh, like you know you're in class solidarity with a person who makes a thousand times more money than you do right. and would kill you in a in a heartbeat to make a little bit more is is actively murdering you. Yeah, right is now. actually currently, especially uh, in the, this yeah. kind of movie, actively yeah. murdering you right now. Yeah. He's making you live in a sludgy hellhole. But like your yeah. house is and a that's, little bit nicer than everybody uh, else's. Yeah, just another disconnect of Antonioni to to well, the he people he's actually understand. portraying. He just right? doesn't. He doesn't actually yeah. understand because he doesn't not, have any real. It's life not the world he belongs to, to. Yeah. One of the most interesting things to me in the bonus features was the interview with uh, with our female lead. With, I did not uh, watch. That. I did not watch any of those. Monica those, Vita. those, those three. There is short interviews or whatever. I, yeah. I ended up skipping them. It's it's from 1990, and 
absolutely nothing interesting in regards to the movie okay. uh, that wasn't covered somewhere else. But a really, really fascinating to me thing that she talks about at the end of that interview is that VD, you know, she'd done La Ventura, she'd done Lickles, she'd done, uh, I think she was uh, in La Nota too, uh, which I think we'll eventually watch, though I'm not I'm really sure, sure we if it's in the collection point. yet. Right. Sort of after this, starting in the late 60s, she started starring in like a bunch of sex comedies, okay. and that's what made her famous in Italy. Oh, yeah. Boy, I'm looking at her filmography. You can <laughs> yeah. just tell by the names of the movies. Beautiful. Right. I met a girl who was dot, dot, dot. It's like the name Nutty, of Nutty, Naughty Chateau. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually before this, but that that's very telling. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, on my way to the Crusades, I met a girl who was the one oh I was looking Oh, my God. At, which is... Yeah, which stars Tony Curtis. I want to watch this movie. It sounds fascinating. Uh, Might have to throw up. What if the most fucked up list we've ever made of like VD's like other movies? Yeah, they're all really uh, weird. Yeah, I wonder if you can even Um, find any of these. The I don't know is the Pizza Triangle a sex comedy? Yeah, Uh, but the interesting thing about that. The interesting thing about that is that, uh, you know, she was working for Antonioni and like that was her first work, right? You know, she'd done, she'd done some stuff prior, but La Ventura is her fifth project listed on, right. on her yeah. filmography on Wikipedia. Not that and, her filmography and, 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 and half is of the probably ones total before that work. don't even have like links, which means they are yeah. very minor yeah. films. And then it was La Ventura, Le Note, Le Clis, uh, and then a couple, a in, couple the, in the interim between the Calice and this one, she starts doing other stuff. Uh, but she says that Antonioni encouraged her to do the comedy work. Uh, that, you know, I was, when that story started, I really thought that it was going to be, ah, uh, he told me I, I, should, I shouldn't do it and that, you know, I'd fail at it or something like that. And uh, like, I expected him to be more controlling of her. Right. But it turns out that he was very encouraging of her doing all of these sex comedies, uh, which you know, um, <laughs> just oh, yeah, I, I, she was in Phantom of Liberty as well. Yes, yes, she was. I know. I, yeah, yeah, she. You know, know obviously that's like that's years familiar, on, but yeah. yeah, yeah, we've seen we've seen her a lot before, right? Uh, in in many in Italian film, um, right? Like our we run into yeah. her a lot in Italian film basically right 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 and we've uh we've actually we've seen uh richard harris at least once before too uh what was he, he in? was in um oh, what was the name of that movie it was he plays the the rugby star the football star who's uh oh what movie was that what was it, what was it called the sporting life the sporting life oh okay yeah okay yeah, one of the kitchen sink dramas, you know, mid-century British, uh, where he's a, you know, a rugby guy with anger management issues, basically, is what it breaks down to. Right, yeah. Uh, I, that, that wasn't actually that long ago, either. That was pretty... No. It feels fairly no. recent. Um, I remember liking it, but that was the movie he made directly before this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, had to leave this early because it ran long and he hated it. So, um, 
<laughs> right. Which is very silly. Monica Vitti was the 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 was the family like the couple with the pictures in the uh, Phantom of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with yeah. all the photos and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> sorry, now I'm movie. thinking about a movie I I do actually like right. this movie. I should stop. Yeah. The uh, the essay that accompanies this is by uh, Mark Lefanu. <laughs> and the opening the opening paragraph of that <laughs> contains the sentence: uh, "A man of the left, like most of his generation, he was not, however, a Marxist or a class warrior." What makes him a man of the left then? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what, what? What? Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. And like, I feel like for us, as of recently, that's a, a constantly sort of pressing question you, that like comes up a lot because it's like he's not. The answer is he's not. I suppose it's possible that mid-century Italy had a similar problem to what we're facing today in that uh, basically everything that isn't open fascism is leftist. It's labeled as leftist, (laughs) yes. Probably. I mean, that's that's an ongoing problem like in a lot of societies at this point, right? right? Seems like a problem problem Italy's running into again. Right, yes. Yeah, I mean, Uh. basically... You know, and the thing is, is as we as previously say, probably before we, I think that was before we talked about before we started the podcast. But like, also, those same people who get labeled as leftists who are not actual leftists will always side with the fascists when it comes down to it, one hundred percent of time. Right? Will never go the way of the left. It will always go the way of the right, like guaranteed, like like clockwork. Yeah, Lefanu points out that. Uh, essentially, you know, the things we've already said that, that while, while on the one hand, he says, Antonioni would describe all of this as beautiful and, and, and worthy of admiration and getting way more it. beautiful than he those says, ugly trees yeah. with all their wildlife, right. with all their gray paint on them. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, on the other hand, and here the pounding soundtrack of the film's opening 10 minutes makes its own inescapable comment. This new world is very close to hell, um, and a wasteland nice. is a wasteland after all. Right. Um, I, I like how yeah, and everybody, just, everybody, right. right, reads this movie the same way, except for Antonioni. Yeah. Presumably, for Antonioni. our musician read this world the same way, and was right. like, "I'm going Absolutely. to make hell in music form." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if he's shooting to an already edited film, like yes, yeah, prob- that's one hundred percent. Yeah, and then. And then Antonioni's Antonioni is all like, "Oh, this is so modern and beautiful music," uh, and yeah, I and mean, the guy's like, the guy in his mind it. is like, "That's true, yes, but it's also hell." Like, yeah. guy made hell, <laughs> yeah, in right, music right. form, so you know. Yeah. And then maybe uh, even yeah, it just it feels like the whole world knows the thing that Antonioni doesn't know. It's kind of wild. Yeah, Lefanu does does share one more quote from Antonioni that will make us mad. So, uh, so <laughs> let's go for it. it. Great. The the split between morality and science is also the split between man and woman. Oh my between god! Mount, between snowy Mount Etna and the concrete wall of the housing estate. Jesus <laughs> Christ, man! Like, <laughs> I know you're. If you get the gun and the time machine, you're supposed to kill Hitler. But I might just kill Antonioni. <laughs> Ah uh, man, there's probably a knock-on effect. Uh, <laughs> Actually, to kill Antonio, Hitler will maybe. have died. I've got to use yeah. my, my super science to combine, find whatever convergence point just eliminates them both at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. With that, with that Aventura, I just didn't get it. Uh, and I didn't have the tools to get it at the time. And maybe yeah, if I revisited I mean, yes, it that's now. that's also true, yeah. But I'm never going to do that. No. Uh, with Le Eclis, I I started to get it, but didn't like it. With this, I get it. And it's bad. Yeah. Uh, just, he's, just like, a, he's just a dumb idiot who's wrong. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. Like, I, before, like, when I was, I sometimes, like, pre-plan in my head, like, I can't help it because I'm I'm a broken person who thinks about the things I'm going to say, like, like a lot before I say them, right? And I was thinking, yeah. about, like, I, I was, I just, like, just, just, this is just an asshole who is dumb. This is a <laughs> stupid asshole who believes himself to be extremely smart. And, and it's just, it's, I've been thinking about that all day today. It's just like, he's yeah. just so full of himself and just so, so stupid. I, uh, I tweeted something to this extent just after I finished the movie, but, uh, basically a movie director who makes a movie like this for this point would be such just the weirdest high concept Captain Planet villain that oh, could yeah, have existed sure. within that universe. Oh, <laughs> just like, like you're, just you're making... a propagandist for polluters. Yeah, like, yeah pro pollution propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Like, uh, uh, yeah, and like just like so like just the the fact that like everybody seems to know more than he does about the world he's right. talking about. It's just really shocking. Like, no one no one wants to interpret this in the way that Antonioni meant it to, to be interpreted. Where, like, the and fucking good, good for everyone. Yeah, the few fucking yeah. interviewer in that thing is like, the the most leading questions you've ever heard in your goddamn life. The, the interviewer's like, yes. just say the pollution is bad. And he Please. won't do it. It's so funny. Yeah. He won't even. He won't even say it and hedge it. No, he, just he doesn't full, believe it he in any way. Full-throated commits to the idea that this hellscape is beautiful and good. It's amazing. I, 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 I can't. It's really hard to wrap your head around it because, like, there's no way a human being actually believes those things. That's impossible. <laughs> like, yeah. he had to go to that place and film that movie. Like he had to be in this hellscape, like, and like, then just walked around like, I don't know, like it's like, like walking around a sewer and be like, oh, the lovely smells here in this. I don't, it's I, like a river that very obviously will catch on fire at any moment. It's just so amazing. I, <laughs> right. I also, am, I love the obli- I I do again. If if I if I interpret the way I want to interpret it, not the way he wants to interpret, it. I love the 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 sex pest boss who his idea of where to have an orgy is on the petroleum nightmare river sex shack that's about to fall into the, the petroleum nightmare river. It's like it's just a funny idea that this like this like clearly like definitely sexually harasses everybody around him asshole right. is like i know where we'll go we'll try to i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to work this orgy into existence on my on my nightmare shack on the edge of the on the edge of the of the petroleum river it's like yeah what are you doing yeah that that and part feels very brunel 
esque, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like the idea yes. of a guy trying to have an orgy then, in like a, in a sludge river <laughs> shack. Is yeah, just... but but also while they're there, uh, a disease-ridden chip pulls up. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, is another very Bunielian thing to happen. Like they don't get stuck on it, but the people on that are having a similar Bunel experience. I mean, the only thing, like obviously, Bunel would like crank it up way closer to eleven, right? right? right. Like the people 100. on the the quarantine ship would be watching them try to have an orgy in the sludge shack, <laughs> right. like or whatever, right. like right. Something much weirder would be happening, but like it's it, the setup is very Bunel, right? It's just Bunel would take it much further, right? Especially like. Later, later yeah. era, you know, would take it really far. Yeah, yeah, I know. We've said it multiple times in multiple ways, but just really, you know, just the way, like visually, this movie is presented with all of the humans being vibrant against these drab industrial backgrounds, and auditorily, <laughs> ditto. Uh, just the idea that the person responsible for this movie was like, yeah, make it look like that. That'll really sell how great it is. Right. With no irony whatsoever. Yeah. Like is bewildering to me. Sometimes this happens when we do this podcast where like some element of it is just so overwhelmingly baffling that you just can't let it go. It's like that. The things that I know are true cannot possibly be true. Because they don't make any yeah. sense in the world we live in. Like, like all of all of her anxiety builds from the plant her husband runs. Yeah, like there's so many threads to pull in this that you know pulling on any of them would have to make this movie ideologically a different movie than it wants to be, which is really you know, Antonioni is famously a guy who lets nothing happen in his movies, right? Right. And this is probably the the one of his movies we've seen so far where things are, like, constantly happening. The most happening things, yes, yeah. Yeah, but if he pulled any of those threads, the entire thing would fall apart as, as just this well, we're, funeral we're, mask over the hellscape that it is, but he he's also still to, showing the hellscape. Yeah, like, what? he would have <laughs> to draw conclusions, and it's a conclusion he can't, he's not allowed to draw, right? Because yeah. mind won't let him conceive of this progress in any way as being negative, so he can't pull on any of the threads. Right. It, it's it's weird. It, it's just so weird. I can't... I mean, is he... Are all of these producers he's not listening to, you know, oil industry execs? Is that like? But like, like he doesn't not, like. It doesn't feel like he's being like manipulated. Manipulated. It feels like he just yeah. fully believes he. It right. Some bullshit. So it's like, not. Yeah, it's not like his job depends on his, you know, believing this bad stuff. There's no conflict between who he is and what he wants to do. He just wants to do bad stuff. Yes. <laughs> He's just a dumb uh, in a very idiot with bad way. ideas. Like he's a yeah. he just is. But it's not Yeah. Who, but who not happens in... who happens, I think, seemingly to have hired a very good film uh, cinematographer. Right, right, right. Who, yeah. who and, shoots and very musician. beautiful shit. And composer. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. But has like, good taste in people not... to hire to do the it's job. Just, yeah. It Yeah. What I what I really cannot comprehend is that he's operating in good faith here. 
and he is right. Yeah, that's, that, that's what that's, I keep coming down to. Is it like, like it can't be true, but yeah. it is true. It's it, yeah. it 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 almost hurts to like keep both of those things in your right. mind at the same time. Like the, <laughs> this accordance is like disturbing. You're like this can't be true. Yeah. It is true. He says this thing. He he cl- very clearly believes it. But only an idiot would believe that. But like, how did an idiot make something right. that looks this good? Like, it, <laughs> right, your your right mind now. reels. It's like it doesn't make any sense. It's like, uh. yeah, his 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 eye, and it is you know, it's not just the cinematographer. I know, it is, I I, I it is his eye. Him, yes, yes, yeah. I mean, he did want to paint know, the trees gray, which was a right, right. well a bad thing to do, <laughs> on the grand scheme yeah. of the world was a good choice in the sense that like that would have right. conveyed the thing we're talking about that, even more clearly. Oh yeah, that you killed all the trees. Stage, all yeah, the trees. The scene dead. was to stage the strike. It was right. to even make it even more poignant that that these workers aren't just alienated from the industrial area and its drab grays, but it's also killing what little nature they still have. Right, they uh, alienated contact, from the real contact world with. as well, yeah. And they're alienated from that physicality of that too. Like like yeah, that would be great. I understand why you cut it. It was too on the nose for the thing you didn't want to say. Also, apparently <laughs> it was just light. I don't know. Like, yeah, apparently no, it was no, just like, was, oh, well. <laughs> like, like, I like the idea that he's like, went all through all that. It's like, yeah, that's how light works. The, the sun moves from one <laughs> side to the other. Like, right, right. if you want to shoot that shot and not have it be in the dark, you have to wait till the other side of the day, right? Like, you're yeah. shooting in the morning, asshole. Wait till the <laughs> afternoon. And it won't right. be that way anymore. I was like, "What? What? I, what is <laughs> yeah, your production that, schedule? That was you can't right wait now. until the afternoon." I don't understand, but yeah, you know, you know, every so often you meet someone who, you know, it's very normal. It's not every so often, you know, yeah, someone who is just incredibly intelligent and poignant in in one aspect, and you're just a complete dummy in everything <laughs> yeah. else. Uh, like this one feels like a big is, one, right? <laughs> Yeah, really good at visually making artistic film. Alternatively, sucks shit because he did the thing he wanted to do. He had the exact opposite effect. I say jokingly, <laughs> like obviously the movie that's, is very striking. Fair, and beautiful. Right? He's just very bad. He's actually really he's made a striking so and beautiful film. Yeah, that he can always make the opposite of the film he wants to make. What if he is unknowingly acting in bad faith? Not not on him, but what if what if this is one of those secret CIA initiatives, and Antonioni is just being funneled money from from Langley just straight out, <laughs> right? Uh, like as as a means of undermining Italian art or something, or or even just convincing all of the weird art house guys that that pollution Alter- is good. Alternatively, the USSR. Is funneling tons of money <laughs> into making sure that everybody around him is convincing him to do things that actually promote the points they want to promote, but like nobody, he doesn't know. He's full right. full patsied. He has no idea what's going on. Ah, uh, what if it's what if it's the KGB pretending to be the CIA? Oh, I'd buy that a hundred percent. I'd buy that a hundred percent. That that's that is the answer. You hit it yeah. on the nose. The KGB pretending to be the CIA is paying him to make a movie about how great pollution is and how good industrial like this kind of industrialization is and like exploiting workers and then like 
He just they because they know he sucks so bad that it'll make this <laughs> film instead. Oh, beautiful! It's perfect. Now the now the, the only the only way to make that even better would be uh, if the original intent of this movie was to fake the foon, moon landing. And this is just what he came back with. <laughs> this is what he showed up with. He's like, like I like the idea that, 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 that this is like attempt number 50 of like trying to fake the moon. Like, fuck, another one, yeah. man. And they never do. Like, they always fuck it up. We paid Kubrick. He did it wrong. We paid this asshole. Just, that he did it they're wrong. They're just going down a list. <laughs> God like, damn it. Like, I guess we'll try Bergman now. <laughs> God, the Bergman moon landing. Actually, basically, the moon landing is the Bergman moon landing. Let's be really clear here. Yeah. Taking in the right in the right <laughs> viewpoint, like the the the, uh, the the moon landing is full of a lot of very specific Bergman esque angst. Uh, I, think, I think that's fair. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's let's pull this one to a close. We've been talking about Red Desert, our our most recent. Uh, <laughs> Michelangelo Antonioni film, and boy, <laughs> what a what a! I film. mean, I assume we have a while before we have to watch anything of his again. So, like, that's good. Get a break. Maybe. Let's find out. When's our maybe next? Maybe it's forever. Maybe there are no more. Maybe, no, there's at least one more. I maybe know we that. get the sweet release of death, and we don't have to deal with this anymore. We will get his much later 1982 identification of a woman. Oh, I'm sure he gets much better Uh, as he gets older. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's spine 585, and then we will we will watch La Notte, um, the fourth of the films he made with Vita, um, in uh, at spine six seven eight. Okay. Uh, now I will say have... maybe it'll be sooner. No, Vita might be sooner because I I stand by that if you can find four accessible Vita weird sex comedies, we should watch them. One for the bonus. They're so weird looking. I met a girl on the Crusades who. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a uh, title. But next week, uh, no, 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 Antonioni next week. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, the Criterion Collection has never uh, punished us by giving us an Antonioni box set. Oh, God. Thank <laughs> at God. At least there's that. Uh, man. Next week, we'll be talking about Night Train to Munich, the 1940 British thriller directed by Carol Reed. Uh, always love a Carol Reed thriller. So looking forward to that. Thank you so much for listening to Lost in Criterion. I'm, as always, Lee Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick Oritari Dorgan, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This has been Lost in Criterion, hosted by me, Adam Glass. Find me on Twitter at the Adam Glass. 
My co-host is John Patrick Obertari Dorga. You can find him on Twitter at jpatrickdorga. Big thanks to Jonathan Hape for our theme song. Check him out at jonathanhape.bandcamp.com or hear more from him on any streaming service. Also, thanks to all our Patreon supporters, iTunes reviewers, and Redbubble customers. And hey, thank you for listening.